Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good. I am Tom Wolf, and I'm married to Jessica Wolf, and we have a lot of children. Um, and it's a, an honor to be a part of this community. And like Lee said, we are teaching through our vision and values, and it's been a good, good time so far, and we're going to keep going. Um, I am really excited for community groups to get going once again. Um, if you guys are in a community group, I want to just little tip, pray for your community group leaders. Pray for them. Um, and, it's the, you know, you would have seen them now. Or if you're already in a group, you know who's, who's going to be leading it. Pray for them all week. And we, we want to just pray that God would use our community groups to continue to foster all the things we're talking about, the values that we're talking about, the mission that we're talking about, the, the, the purpose of community group. That's like the primary way we're going to practice following the way of Jesus for the renewal of our town. So they actually really matter to what we're doing as a, as a church community. So just pray for them. Encourage them when you're there. Bring snacks. Don't just eat their snacks. Bring snacks as well. Too bad Robbie's and monkeys didn't to not hear that. Um, but we literally had to take out a second mortgage when he was in our group. But still paying that off. So um, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, so our, our pastoral vision, guys, for 2020 is clarity. We want to bring clarity to things because, in all honesty, things have gotten confusing around here over the last couple of years, and we're aiming for clarity. And for anything to be healthy and successful or thriving or flourishing, clarity has to be stronger than confusion, okay? No matter what it is that you're doing, we want to have clarity rather than confusion. And so this, this vision uh, Venn diagram or missional matrix, whatever thing you want to call it, is helping us kind of explain the vision of our community and what we're doing, what we feel like God is asking us to do as a specific, unique community in Alliston in 2020. And so the two main storylines that we're combining are the storyline of the Bible, which is that heaven was on earth and it was ripped into, ripped into heaven and earth. And God is on this mission to reunite these two realms once again, it's the story of the Bible and the story of apprenticeship to Jesus. So those of us who are following Jesus, we're learning how to be human from him once again. So we're learning how to live life from Jesus. And so those two things combined have given us this mission of, of in Alliston as it is in heaven. We're wanting those realities to become real in our community right here, right now, not just one day eventually, but right here, right now. And we do this by following the way of Jesus for the renewal of our town. So that's the context that we're talking about. All the things that we're going to be talking about this morning are in the context of the story of God's kingdom coming and the storyline of apprenticeship to Jesus. Um, and so we've, we've talked through that, and we've gone through our first two values, which were gospel and identity. And we're actually going to be skipping community this week and going to renewal. Josh is going to be teaching next week on community, which is going to be great. Jess and I and our family, we're going to be in City Gates um, in Ajax with our friends Vic and Tanya Stander. You guys would have met another South African couple. I'll be preaching there next week. Um, so, so pray for us there, but it's going to be great. So anyways, we're skipping and I was, we're, we're, it's still going to make sense. They do build upon the, the previous one. But what values are, how we've defined values, are essential core beliefs and biblical convictions about what is good, desirable, and worthwhile. These motivate m meaningful and purposeful action. And so no matter how old you are, no matter what you're thinking through, our values are linked to our actions no matter what you want to say. And so we're, we're trying to define and bring clarity to what do we actually value here. 
And how can those things bring shape and form to our actions? And so the hope is that these values that we're sharing, that we're developing, that we're talking through, they actually become embodied by us here. That they actually become a part of our DNA. When we're thinking about the gospel and everything God's done for us, that's going to shape how we perceive other people. That's going to shape how we perceive ourselves. Um, that's going to get into our DNA. And a bunch of people with the, that DNA in them, those, those values being shared, is going to form a culture. Hopefully a kingdom culture that lines up with the way of Jesus. And this will continually pull us back to, to that vision of in Allison as it is in heaven. And that's what we're going for is this, this whole process continually forming. So as we live out our values, they become part of our DNA, which in turn forms a culture that should perpetually pull us towards the vision that we have. And so we're contending for this. We're, continue, we're contending for shared language as we think about values, but, but shared language with shared meaning. It's, it's not enough to just say the same word. It needs to mean the same thing. So as we continue on today, uh, the next value we're going to be looking at is the overlap or the intersection of God's way and God's place. And this is the value of renewal. What is renewal, you ask? Someone I'm sure was asking that. Um, it, it's... it's it answers the question of purpose. What are we actually doing here on earth? And so this is the, this is the definition that we came up for with for renewal. Renewal is the advancement, refreshing, and release of justice, beauty, and evangelism in all of creation. It is resuming our original purpose to partner with God completely to see his presence fill the earth. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. Renewal is the advancement, refreshing, and release of justice, beauty, and evangelism in all of creation. It is resuming our original purpose to partner with God completely to see his presence fill all the earth. So today we're going to be breaking that down in three parts. The first part is spiritual renewal or, the, or evangelism, and this is fueled by courage. The second thing is social, social renewal or justice. And this is fueled by compassion. And thirdly, cultural renewal or beauty, which is fueled by creativity. That's how we're going to break it down today. But before we go there, let's open up our Bibles to the end of our Bible. We're going to read from Revelation chapter 21. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. All the scriptures we'll be reading today will be on the screen. But if you have one, let's pull them out. Revelation 21. So this is the reality to which all creation, all of us are pointing as we like realize the story of the Bible is true, as we realize that the story of the kingdom, the gospel is the reality all creation is heading towards. So this is, this is what renewal looks like in the end. Revelation 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city... New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the, the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Let's pray, guys, and then we'll hop in. Father, we are grateful for the, the, the reality of, of your renewal that's taking place in the world. We're grateful, God, that you have rescued us and redeemed us, that the good news of the gospel is true. And I ask, Lord, for those of us this morning that are wondering, what is my purpose here? What am I doing with my life? That, that this would kind of spark something in them. And for us as a community, God, help it kind of help shape and define what we want to be putting our efforts and energy towards as we want to partner with you, God, and, and join in with what you're already doing rather than trying to create our own way of doing things. And so I ask Lord, that you'd help me be clear. I ask that you'd help um, me just be going right where you're going and that I would be saying things that maybe people have already been thinking or feeling and haven't been able to articulate themselves. Um, Holy Spirit, come lead and guide our time together. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful for the example of the, that we see in the life of Jesus. And we're grateful, Holy Spirit, that you are here to empower and lead and guide us to Jesus. And we're, we're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, if I were to ask you, what is God up to in this world? You might give us a whole slew of answers. You might give me, I don't know, he's not up to anything. He seems distant. He doesn't seem even present at all. What is his purpose here? What is, what is going on? And the short answer is he's, he's doing renewal. That's what God does. That's what he's up to in the world. Let's read from a few scriptures in the Old Testament. Numbers 14, 21. This is, this is God speaking to Moses. But truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. That's what he's going to do. He's going to fill the earth with all of his glory. Habakkuk 2, 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And then into the New Testament, Ephesians 4.10. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he who had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So this idea I'm trying to get across is that God is up to wanting to fill all the world with his glory, with who he really is, with, with his presence once again, right? The story of scripture is that in the beginning, right, heaven and earth were together, God's presence filled the earth. Sin has separated those things, and God is on this mission to reunite those things once again. So that is what God is up to in the world. He is up to renewal. So if we think through the brokenness that we see all around us in our lives, in our, our personal lives, in the lives of our family, in the lives of our coworkers, in the lives of whoever, the, the creation itself, what is God doing there? God's intention is renewal. Okay, so whatever you're thinking about, like God's actual intention for that person, for that place, for that system, for that whatever injustice is actually renewal. That is God's purpose and plan and desire is renewal. Why do you think as human beings, we love watching television shows about renovation? There's so many TV shows about renovation. There's so many, you know, books that are based on the TV show. It's like people have magazines because they had a renovation TV show or whatever that looks like. Why do we buy old rusty cars to fix up? There's something inherently in us as image bearers of God that wants the same thing. We want renewal. We desire for renewal, whether or not we know it or not. 
And this is true because we realize that the more we come awake and come alive to the whole idea of the gospel and live into our identity as followers of Jesus, as sons instead of slaves, is that there has been a renewal that's taken place in our own life. That as the gospel becomes real to us, that we realize we were once dead and now we're alive. And as we think about identity, we realize, okay, once I was a slave, but now I'm a son or a daughter. There is a renewal, there is a transformation that has taken place in our lives. This is the arc of the story, right, is renewal. And that is why when we, we, when we define renewal, we talked about it's us resuming our original purpose and partnering with God. Is that this is what we were made to do, to partner with God to see the renewal of all things take place in all of creation. So the gospel becoming our, our parameter or our perspective for what reality is, living into our new identity as sons and daughters, all this allows us to resume our role in partnering with God to see his glory fill the earth. That is what it looks like to partner with God in renewal. God is up to renewal in the world. God's intention for all things is renewal, and he wants you and I to partner with him in that. Okay? So that's the starting point, is that this is actually what God wants. We're not trying to convince God of this. This is his intention and his purpose. Here's the thing, though. As we think about partnering with God and wanting to see renewal, we cannot give what we do not have, right? Whatever that looks like. So we need to realize that the only hope we have in renewal in general is, of course, starting the starting point is the gospel. It's receiving what Jesus has done for us. It moves forward into living, us, living into our new identity as sons and daughters. And it, it, it's exemplified or explained simply in this phrase that we say often, everything God has done to us and for us, he now wants to do through us. So he needs to do renewal to us and for us before we can do renewal with him. Ephesians 4.23, we are renewed in the spirit of our mind. Romans 12, verse 2, we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. 2 Corinthians 4.16, though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is renewed day by day. So if we are following Jesus, if the gospel has taken root in our lives, if we are living life in the kingdom, we can give away renewal because we have been renewed. Let's read from Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. There's going to be a lot of scripture today, guys. And I will not apologize for that. So Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And you were dead in the trespasses, in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Drum roll, please. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of work, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Boom. We have been renewed so that we can partner with God in seeing the renewal of all things. The first aspect of renewal we're going to talk about is spiritual renewal or evangelism. This must be fueled by courage. 
this is the starting point. Spiritual renewal has to take place before we get to justice or beauty or anything like that. This quote from Dallas Willard illustrates this. <clears throat> the revolution of Jesus is first and always a revolution of the human heart. His revolution does not proceed through the means of social institutions and laws, the outer forms of our existence, intending that these would then impose a good order of life upon the people who come under their power. Rather, his is a revolution of character, which proceeds by changing people from the inside through ongoing personal relationship with God and one another. It is a revolution that changes people's ideas, beliefs, feelings, and habits of choice, as well as their bodily tendencies and social relations. It penetrates to the deepest layers of the soul. External social arrangements may be useful to this end, but they are not the end, nor are they the fundamental part of the means. It's got to start in our heart. It's got to start in our heart. This is kind of like, in thinking about a battle, it's establishing the high ground. It's like, we got to start with the heart first, and then from, all, from there we can kind of move into other spheres of influence and thinking. So as the gospel shapes how we perceive reality, I think hopefully what's going to happen is we're going to want to share that with other people. Yes. Right? So uh, I hear the word evangelism, and I, I went back and forth. Do we use this word? Do we not use this word in this definition? And I think it's, it's, we can reclaim it because I had some weird experiences of evangelism growing up, and it was kind of, you know, I think in, in hindsight, the reason why I struggled with even this word is that what we were evangelizing wasn't even the gospel. It was part of the story. It wasn't the whole story. And it was, it was motivated by fear, and it wasn't really even inviting people in the kingdom. It was just getting them to pray the sinner's prayer, right? You have to do this, or you're going to go to hell. And it's like, that's not the whole story here. And it was like, okay, well, then you get to the good place when you die, or now you have to vote in a certain way. It's not actually good news that I'm sharing. It's just my, my fearful thought that this is what God is actually wanting us to do. But what evangelism is, at its root, we can't get around this, it's sharing the good news of the gospel with other people. Right. Simple. That is what we need to do. In terms of renewal happening in all the world, we have to be willing to share the good news of the gospel with other people. We can't get around this. And it, it's, it's easy to share good news. Am I right? Yeah. I got a promotion. What? I got free tickets to the leaves. I, that's, what, if that is good news, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, they paid for dinner, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, yes. it's good news. But it's interesting because I think the reason why I don't share the good news of the gospel is I'm still thinking about it in the old mindset. I'm thinking a part of the story rather than the whole story. And if we're thinking through even the definition we used about the gospel, it should become a lot easier for us to share the gospel with other people. So the, I'm going to read our definition again. Again, gospel is the good news that God our Father, the Creator, out of his undying love for us, has come to rescue us from sin, Satan, and death, and to renew all things, in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf, to establish his kingdom through his people and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's news we should, we should share. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I agree. Let's not share, you know, you know, listen, if you pray this prayer, you can come to church for the rest of your life. That's not good news. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's not. But hey, listen, if the good news is that, hey, Jesus is rescuing you from your brokenness and pain and sin. He has a purpose for you. He wants to renew all things. He wants you to work with him. It's like a whole other story that we're inviting people into. In, uh, in preparing, I was talking to Kevin about kind of this whole idea of evangelism. and he, he had a great reference from the book of Acts that he thought would be good to share. And this is the story of Peter and Cornelius. 
And Peter is a disciple of Jesus. We talked about him last week. And at this point in the story, um, Jesus has ascended back to the Father. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on the believers. And it's, it's pretty much contained to Jewish believers at this point. But then Peter has this vision where from, from the Holy Spirit, where God is speaking to him about going to talk to this, this Gentile, this one who isn't from the, 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 the nation of Israel, about the gospel, about who Jesus is, that he is actually the Messiah. And interestingly enough, Cornelius has this, the, like the flip side of the vision, and they ended up, ended up connecting. And so they have this conversation, and this is how Peter shares the gospel with Cornelius. So this is from Acts chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 34 to 43. Listen to the first phrase here. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This goes on. The Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles, confirming the gospel message. All this stuff is happening. And this is Peter sharing the good news of what what actually happened in and through the life of Jesus. But that first phrase, I think, is what we need to grab a hold of. Peter opened his mouth. So Peter opened his mouth. He literally had courage enough to share with this Gentile the good news of the gospel. We need to remember that spiritual spiritual renewal needs to take place first and foremost before anything else. And this requires us, when prompted, when ready, with courage to open our mouth and share the good news of Jesus. When this happens, this is God's presence filling up individuals. Secondly, social renewal. This is the idea of justice, and this is fueled by compassion. The Hebrew word for justice is mishpat. Say that with me. Mishpat. Um, We have the definition up here. So it is restorative justice. And what this means is seeking out vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of and helping them while taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing social structures to prevent injustice. We would all be in for that, right? Uh, Awesome. Let's do that. Um, this is what justice looks like biblically in the Old Testament. We see a few verses here. Proverbs 31, 8 to 9. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Jeremiah 22, verse 3. Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness and deliver the one who has been robbed from the power of his oppressor. Also do not mistreat or do violence to the stranger, the orphan, or the widow and do not shed innocent blood in this place. Psalm 146, 7-8. Uh, this is talking about God, who, the God who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens up the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. 
The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. Social justice, social renewal is important to God. We see this in the life of Jesus, and we read as as he begins his ministry um, in Luke chapter 4, he's teaching in the synagogue, and he reads this about himself. And this is an Old Testament prophet in in the book of Isaiah from chapter 61. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This sounds like justice, right? We see incredible things done in and through the life and ministry of Jesus, where he is consistently going towards those people who are on the outskirts of society, those who are oppressed, those who are vulnerable. And he's challenging the very structures that were perpetually in the the favor of injustice, that were built off of, of injustice. What we see in Jesus' mission, though, is that it was actually fueled by compassion. And so many times throughout the scriptures when Jesus moves, it's, it's often around this whole idea. This is just a few examples. Matthew 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them. Mark 1, 41. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him. Mark 6, 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. Luke seven fourteen. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Compassion motivates this whole idea of justice. Justice itself works off the bedrock understanding that all human beings, whoever we're going to encounter who is another human being, is an image bearer of God. That is is something that you can't skirt around or or think through or process differently. Every person you will ever encounter is an image bearer of God. And Jesus sees that and he he saw those who were unseen and he brought compassionate justice to those who were on the outskirts of of community and of, of being respected or being treated with any shred of dignity. Jesus does this continually. And so what we're doing for when we're contending for social renewal or justice is that we're partnering with God and going after those who are vulnerable and we're advocating for change to the social structures that keep injustice happening. And so this is the process of of staying compassionate, seeing Jesus' compassion on us and letting that fuel this whole perpetual desire to see justice happening in the world. So this is God's presence filling up all the systems that run our society and our world. Thirdly, cultural renewal or beauty. This is fueled by creativity. And bear with me. Some of you might be like, really? Beauty, Tom? Creativity? I'm not creative. I don't want to hear this. But let's, let's, just, let's look at Genesis 1 and unpack this a little bit. Genesis 1, verses 26 to 28. We've read a lot of these verses over the last little bit, but it's for good reason. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said... Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, And God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, 
and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You were made to make culture. You were created to create culture. In these two phrases here in verse 28, be fruitful and multiply, what this means is this. Build something. Build churches, build families, build schools, build cities, build governments, build laws. And the, the next part of our mandate as humanity is to subdue the earth, which means to harness the potential of the natural world. Plant crops. Farmers, what's up? Build bridges, design computers, compose music, paint pictures, bake bread. This is part of what it means to be a human, is to create beautiful things, to to use creativity to bring cultural renewal. Our original purpose was to create cultures and build civilizations. If we think about the the flip side of that and and what sin does, it does the opposite of that. It it tears things apart. It, It makes things ugly and not beautiful. So our original purpose was to create culture and to build civilization. And what this means is to take the raw elements of this earth, so minerals, sounds, ideas, flavors, and to organize their chaos and their potential into something that helps others flourish and honors God. That's part of our design. That's what we're created to do in creating culture. Um, This is a very real thing in my household. I live with a bunch of creative people and my wife, Jessica, makes jewelry. And when she makes jewelry, sometimes I'll come in into the middle of the process and it is, I have an anxiety attack. There is beads everywhere. There are, there's string everywhere. There's, there's, hey Jess, there's stuff everywhere. She knew I was going to say this, but just absolute chaos. And, and I'm like, what, what is she doing in there? I can't, I couldn't work like that, you know? And then what happens is, you know, fast forward two or three weeks later, she's made like a thousand of these beautiful necklaces and earrings and bracelets and all kinds of this beautiful stuff. She's reorganized this chaos and using creativity, ordered it into something beneficial and beautiful that helps other people flourish and reflects the beauty of creation back to other people. Right? Yeah. Any husband who's bought their wife a necklace from Jess knows it helps the flourishing of your <laughs> world. But she's, she's reordering and organizing chaos and seeing the potential there into something that helps other people and it honors God. And the same thing with dance. If I think about people who, who write dance, it's like there's a million different movements you could make. Like what? I'm not going to do it. You, just, <laughs> you know, whatever. But what they're doing, they're taking all the potential movements that you could make and they're ordering them into something that's beautiful. That, that is somehow in line and reflects the beauty and order that we see in nature and creation. The same thing with music. There are so many notes you could play on the keyboard at different times and in different ways and different volumes. But when, when Bach wrote music, he ordered chaos into something beautiful. And that is what we are created to do, is to bring cultural renewal. This goes into family, not just, not just like you know, jewelry or dance or music. This goes into family. This goes into law or economics to take the chaos of our world to reorder it in a way that helps other people flourish and honors God. That's a beautiful design to have as human beings. So we're going we're gonna to contend for that. We're going to say that the beauty that we see that God is calling us to build, this is fueled by creativity. This is fueled by the, the one who created us. God is a creative God. I have a 
a bit of a bee in my bonnet about this where for so long it seemed like anything Christian has been so lame. <laughs> you can laugh. It has, it's been kitschy. It's been like, ugh. Like you turn the Christian music station on, it's like, oh, it's definitely Christian music. It's like B-rated music. Um, guys, it's okay. It's like, super awkward. <laughs> but I think we haven't fully, as humans, stepped into this whole, as followers of Jesus, that we can create something. We can create something beautiful. We can be good at things. We can make good art. We can write choreography for dance. We can be really good families. We can be really good at our job. It's okay to do those things. And I think for us to be seeing the renewal that God has in mind for us, it means us kind of discovering in our, in our true identity and, and who we are in Christ, learning how to kind of sing our own song. And bear with me, that's kind of like poetic language or whatever. But just to be who God's created us to be is part of that is stepping into this whole mandate to, to make culture and to make beautiful things. I, in my mind, have this heart and passion to see all kinds of creative things kind of coming out of our community. We have tons of creative people here. We have people who write songs. We have people who paint pictures. We have people who dance. We have people who are good with food. We have people who are good with finances. There's all kinds of creative potential in this room that I want to see stirred up and poured out and blessing other people and helping other people flourish and honoring God. Two quotes. Michelangelo says this, Every block of marble has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. I saw the angel in the marble and carved it in, to set him free. Timothy Keller, Human beings are called to rearrange the raw materials of a particular domain to draw out its potential for the flourishing of everyone. So if you're here this morning and you're like, I don't paint, I don't bake, I don't do this. What is your thing? What is your domain that you're in? And how can you, how can you see the potential there, reorder it in a way from chaos into something that is helpful for the flourishing of others and that honors God? So for us, guys, in conclusion, for followers of Jesus, all of this, this whole idea of cultural renewal and social renewal and spiritual renewal is, is fueled and sustained by our living hope in Jesus Christ. That one day he actually is going to return, that, that he is actually making all things new. We're seeing that in greater and greater capacities as the days go by. I'm going to read a scripture from 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3. Sorry, 1 Peter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We can look to the future. We can look to this whole idea of renewal in, in trust and in hope and, and with a joy that is actually inexpressible. Right. The end of the story is eventually going to be new creation. 
And so we wait in anticipation and in hope for that reality breaking in more and more and more every single day. So as we close, guys, I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm just going to pray over us and ask God for three specific things. And trust that he's going to keep continue leading us into this whole idea of renewal. I'm going to ask uh, for some type of response from you guys too. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you could use some more courage to share the gospel with the lost, just put your hand up. And this is not so that we can like collect data or anything like that. It's just, it's you having a, a moment to respond to what Holy Spirit's doing this morning. That's you. Just put your hand up. If you're here this morning and you are struggling to have compassion, to love, and to seek out the vulnerable in the world, just put your hand up and we'll pray for that too. Or if you're here this morning and you are hungry and desiring creativity to to help you create beauty from this chaos in the world, just put your hand up too. We're going to pray for these things. Father, we come to you as your children this morning, as your kids who you love to give good gifts to. And Lord, we ask this morning for those of us who are struggling with fear to share the gospel, the good news of what you've done, Jesus. First of all, make it so real to them what you've actually done in and through the work of Jesus, what you're doing now through through the Holy Spirit in their lives. Make it so real to them, Lord. And in that process, I pray for courage to be able to share the good news of Jesus with other people, people who don't know you, in a way that makes sense, Lord, in a way that is honoring to you, in a way that tells the whole story, not just part of the story. Pray for courage to do that, Lord, to open up our mouths to share the gospel. Lord, I pray for those of us who are struggling to have compassion on those who are vulnerable and lost. And, and just even the idea of seeking out the vulnerable, Lord, is just so, just so far from them. We ask, Lord, for compassion, that, that you would remind us, Lord, of the compassion you've had towards us, that you saw us, Lord. You saw us as vulnerable. You saw us as one of the least of these, and you came and you found us. And so, Lord, we pray for compassion to love and to seek out the vulnerable in our communities. Thirdly, Lord, we pray for those of us who are hungry for creativity, for for beauty to come from chaos, Lord, that you would just, in, in the power of your Holy Spirit, just fill us up with a way, Lord, forward in that, that we could, we, could, we could create culture that helps other people flourish and helps honor you, God. So we pray for these three things. We pray for courage in the name of Jesus. We pray for compassion in the name of Jesus. And we pray for creativity in the name of Jesus. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen.